must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to Band Book Club. That was a quote from Dune by Frank Herbert. So, from the start of Dune, you know that you're embarking on a kind of grand journey. The destination in a literal geographic sense is Arrakis, a hostile desert planet filled with giant worms, savage tribes, technology that borders on magic, and a whole lot of political intrigue between the powerful houses vying for control of the spice melange. But like the sea in Moby Dick or Mordor in The Lord of the Rings, the journey to Arrakis, Dune, is auxiliary to the deeper personal journey of the protagonist, in this case young Paul Atreides, and his quest to assume the title of Galactic Emperor. Though the medieval space setting and the compellingly detailed environment of Arrakis were novel concepts during its 60s release, Dune's narrative core is as old as Beowulf. That is, it's just another version of the archetypal hero's journey. Promising young boy takes on the powers of evil to fulfill the prophecy, save the day. But the main question I had while reading was, is this kind of story one that issues things like moral ambiguity, human frailty, or anything really challenging. Is this kind of story enough for me anymore? Well, the short answer is no. For you, it may be a no, but obviously obviously, this story is very relevant today. I mean, they've made movies, they've made the new movie that's out right now, um, they made a show out of it, and it really set up the sci-fi genre of books. Um, it was Almost like the first of its kind. It set the mold for Star Wars and anything else you've seen since then. Battlestar Galactica. I don't know. I don't keep up with a lot of sci-fi. But But like you said, you know, it is your typical hero's journey. But there's also some controversy with this book. Um, People are definitely still talking about it today, for sure. They're maybe not in a completely positive light. Right, I know the one thing that people will mention about Dune is that it has the white savior syndrome, um, that it's your typical white male trying to save people of a different race, which in this case would be the Fremen people who are the natives of, of Arrakis or Dune. So, I mean... It seems like most of the country has been willing to get over that, though, and obsess about the movie and right. repost a lot of pictures of... Timothy Chalamet. But, you know, I get there's a a need for heroes' journey stories. I mean, look at every Marvel movie or anything that's out today. But I went into Dune, I guess, with a little bit of higher expectations because from the beginning, Frank Herbert is toying with pretty interesting and unusual ideas, at least for a sci fi. What I'm talking about is the all the philosophy of the Fremen, not the Fremen. Well, yeah, them too. The Bene Gesserit stuff mm-hmm. that was really playing with philosophy and religion. And you got the feeling that maybe this was going to go somewhere a little deeper than your typical sci-fi. But it kind of drops all that in favor of 
look at Paul, look at how amazing Paul is and everything that he overcomes. Right. I think one thing about Dune is it's more of an aesthetic book. It really has the plot, not the plot, the um, the setting be the most important feature of the book. I mean, you're dropped into this world and Frank Herbert expects you to figure it out. And I have to say, I struggled in the beginning of reading this book, trying to understand all the little, uh, you know, bits of language that are specific to Dune. You know, I didn't look at the glossary. I didn't really read the preface, I'll be honest. Um, but I, I just tried to really become part of this whole legend. And I started to get the hang of it. I feel like there are so many YouTube videos out there, too, that say, like, how to read Dune. So, um but I, I enjoyed the world. I thought it was a very deep world. I loved how detailed everything was. But if that's not your sort of thing and you don't want to spend, you know, 20 pages reading about how a suit works on this planet, then this may not be the book for you. It is painstakingly detailed. And I thought that was probably the biggest virtue of this book. But if you're a fan of something like Game of Thrones, where there's a similar degree of world building and just establishing setting, then you're going to love Dune. But the, the characters are also very rich. I mean, there are chapters just spent with these characters. Every time something is happening in the book, in the plot, you know, you get to hear the characters' inner thoughts responding in real time, which I thought was very unique to the book. Yeah, and it almost feels like an anime <laughs> where you stop in the middle of the action yeah. and you hear someone's analysis of what's going on. But, you know, I agree with you. The characters were pretty well developed in this book. But back to Game of Thrones, like I mentioned, which I'm not even a huge Game of Thrones fan, but there was something I felt lacking in Dune as far as how these characters got pushed as yeah. opposed to something like Game of Thrones characters where they start off in one place and most of them end up this um, like either a sad caricature of where they were in the beginning or completely different. Yeah. And in Dune, they either they're, you know, very, very dense and realistic feeling characters. But and a lot happens to them. a lot happens to them, but you don't really get to see them respond or bend around those things they either just solve the problem in front of them or they die i think another you know not to get into like the cons of this book but one thing that kind of took away from the book for me was before every chapter you were able to get a glimpse into what was about to happen because it was future accounts from princess Aralon, who's the emperor's daughter and she would basically tell you what was about to happen, and then you would read it. So you weren't really surprised by, you know, a character betraying another or, you know, oh gosh, Paul won? I wouldn't have expected that. I thought maybe I'd wait till the second book to find that out. You mean it takes out. all the suspense out of it takes the waiting suspense. to see if Paul survives and becomes the emperor? Exactly. You know, yeah, you can basically piece that together with the first two chapters and the little uh, sample paragraphs they have above them so right i guess i can see the reasoning behind that choice just to establish more that 
this is a real world that had its own history, but it did take away a lot of that tension. It does. That, you, and that again, you might have had in a Game of Thrones. I sound like a, a Game of Thrones geek. I know, really now not. you're getting really into the but Game I'm, of Thrones. But I'm just saying, in, that, in a story like that, you really never knew, even if you, you had your favorite character, if they were going to live or die, or what could happen to them. If they were going to get castrated or <laughs> become super wealthy. And, but in Dune, it was it's all set up from the beginning. So it's for me, it was hard to invest myself in that. Right. I mean, what did you think was the main point of the book? What was Frank Herbert trying to tell us? Well, I, I've read a lot of opinions on this. And the thing I see probably the most, people say that it's some sort of commentary on leadership and power or maybe even how a messiah figure like paul can be manufactured because there's all this backstory about him being this genetic engineering creation of the Benny Gesserit or whatever mm-hmm. but i i didn't get the feeling that the book was interested so much in any of that i think what it really added up to was this is just a totally unique, fascinating place you can escape to mm-hmm. for a while. And um, basically everything ends up okay at the end of the day. Well, I know, you know, Frank Herbert, he was a big environmentalist. Um, and some people say that this book is all about how other cultures will come into a, a foreign land and destroy it or take it for its resources like nationalism sort of stuff yeah i mean that's that's also some stuff that i've read um and and but herbert was i mean paul was the hero yeah he was so it's a little confusing because he takes over the spice and and that's the main you know uh product of arrakis that everybody's competing for because the spice is responsible for space travel so everybody needs that um but yeah, I know it is a little confusing. So why is Paul the the savior <laughs> yeah. and not the Fremen people? I mean, I guess he works with the Fremen people to conquer the Harkonnens. So Yeah, and it seemed like they genuinely needed and wanted his help and yeah. he provided that. But I don't know if that's even worth spending so much time on. I don't I mean, I I wasn't alive back in the 60s, but I don't think that was something that was on people's minds as much back then to read into this. I mean, it's just, like we said, it's the hero's journey. It doesn't, you don't have to factor in that other stuff. This is a, a form of storytelling that's been around forever. Before we continue, just a quick interruption. Are you enjoying this episode? If you are, go ahead and like and subscribe. If you have anything to add to the discussion, go ahead and comment down below. Now, back to the episode. What did you think of the spice? What was the big deal? <laughs> I thought it was interesting he came up with the the spice because it is the 60s and obviously drugs were a big deal in the 60s. I thought they're not the as big deal now. The spice was like LSD. It's almost like LSD. I mean, it gives you this higher power. Well, that's what I thought was interesting. You become more powerful. Um one thing that didn't add up to me about the spice is it's a hallucinogenic that pretty much gets you high and euphoric and 
you're seeing things that aren't there, but, but it also heightens your. But at the same abilities. time, yeah, everybody wanted it because it made you capable of space travel, travel, and all these physical things you wouldn't have been able to do. So maybe the the message of the book is just to do drugs and <laughs> take over territory, right? Maybe, and you know, obviously, this book is it. It has very mixed reviews. You know, you'll either love Dune or you will hate it. And I've read a lot of people online, you know, looking at people's reviews, just saying, I could not get through this book. It is very dense. Um, There is a six part series to the Dune um, novels. So if you really like sci fi, if you really enjoyed this first book, you may enjoy the rest. I have yet to read the rest of them. But one thing I think that was very interesting was J.R.R. Tolkien's review of Dune. Apparently, he disliked it with some intensity and he didn't want to review Dune. And because Frank Herbert was a fellow writer, he felt like he wanted to be more respectful if he didn't give his honest review. So I thought that was a little petty. Obviously, he didn't like it. <laughs> you know, you dislike something with some intensity. It's harsh words from um, a guy that came up with Hobbits. I know. No, I thought it was really interesting that he didn't like it. I do think there is a bit more depth maybe to a story if we're talking about fantasy and sci-fi, something like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Even the, if you want to compare plot engine things like the spice to the ring, the ring was something I, I couldn't totally figure out. And I think it was it did have something to say about desire and power and maybe like the weakness of people but for the spice i really think it was just a plot engine just like everything else in dune as pretty as it was Mm -hmm. it was all there more just to be functional for this big story to move around and for you to have an excuse to look at this this beautiful world and at the end of the day it the whole thing to me felt like just going on a date with a very pretty girl that was kind of vapid inside, you know? You're looking for excuses to stay and hints at something more, but you're really just there for the view. Yeah, I I could agree with that. I enjoyed the novel. Uh, it was hard to get through. I'm not going to lie and say this was an easy breezy read for me. I had to read it pretty slow. And I trailed off sometimes, but I did enjoy the world. I thought it was very creative. It was my first sci-fi novel I've ever read. So, um, I mean, I, I give it a good review. But, you know, going back to the power theme in the book, um, just, to, just to end it with what Frank Herbert said, you know, we've all heard the quote, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Um what Frank Herbert said, his take on it was absolute power does not corrupt absolutely. Absolute power attracts the corruptible. So maybe. How's that any different from the other quote? <laughs> well, I guess it means that sometimes when you want to become someone that has all the power in the world, you have somebody like Paul Atreides who did use his power for good as opposed to someone like Baron Harkonnen who, you know, didn't use his power for. For good, so, but then again, I mean, we haven't read Messiah, which is the second part in the series, but apparently Paul ends up killing like, I don't 
don't know, 60 million people, some some bizarre I'm high sure he had a good number. Reason. But, um, you know, then it makes you wonder, was he really a savior if he killed all these people? I don't know. Maybe if we finish the Dune series, it'll end up being some Dostoevsky moralist tale. But <laughs> from just from this first entry, I I wouldn't recommend it unless you are just looking for pure escapism, which is fine, you know? It's like Harry Potter. Some people really love escaping into that world. But a lot of people also insist that Harry Potter or Star Wars or Dune have all this depth and meaning that is not inherently there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there must be some some sort of meaning if it's stuck around this long in culture and people are still talking about it and so fascinated with it. But yeah. I think that all that proves is that this hero's journey archetype is, you know, an, an important maybe starting place mm -hmm. for people in literature. But well, speaking of it, being, there's more to go after that. Speaking of it being relevant today, I mean, the movie with a, a recent movie came out with Dune with Timothy Chalamet. Timmy C. One of my favorites. Um, so just a quick review of the movie where, I mean, we both saw the 1984 version of Dune by David Lynch. This that was a one, lot more fun. Yeah. And then this version by Denis Villeneuve, which I was very excited for. There was a lot of hype for this movie. I mean, I thought it was coming out last year, finally came out this year, kind of dropped in the in the middle here with, in, in October. But um, I I wasn't crazy about the movie. And I know you weren't either. I wanted to see more shots of Timothy Chalamet crying, maybe, and less of Zendaya turning around. But, you know, that's been discussed to death already on the internet. <laughs> it, I mean, for such a rich, unique world like Dune, which I thought, you know, even in David Lynch's version, he was at least attempting to capture some of the weirdness and uniqueness mm -hmm. of that. This new movie just felt like and looked like the inside of a Chipotle. <laughs> it was, you know, like very it, slick and just it was empty too and slick. and uh, I wasn't expecting cold. it to look like that. And there was just nothing. I felt like there was barely any dialogue. Where this book is full of dialogue. There is so much dialogue, and there's not just dialogue between the characters. There's the inner thoughts that you get from the characters, which. The 1984 version actually had that in there. Yeah, um, but I mean, realistically, there's no way you could have included all that in a movie. Maybe, no. maybe it would have been better suited to a series. But mm -hmm. I, I know what you mean. Like, you, the first quarter of the book is single chapters devoted to each supporting to each character, character yeah. and their relationship with Paul. So when you lose somebody like Thufir or Duncan, you actually feel bad. But in the movie. The only thing you have to feel bad about when they die is, oh, that was the guy that said, hey, my boy, to Paul, <laughs> like five yeah. minutes into the movie, and now he's gone. It, it was just very flat and very flat acting, in my opinion. I mean, I'm no connoisseur here, but I expected a little better. I don't know. It, I'm I'm guessing they're going for an Oscar with this movie, and I'm sure it'll win something, but... I think they're just going for another big franchise i mean they split yeah. even They're the first into book two into two movies so yeah and how many books are there left to go i mean five yeah five more 
Yeah, so this is going to be so a huge... who knows, yeah, what they're going to end up doing. Thing. I mean, we did love the Baron, though. He was cool, yeah. Um, not as uh, fruity as he was in the book. That's one more gripe I have with the movie is the way Herbert did the, the dialogue and just the attitude of the people speaking in this book. Mm-hmm. It was this really funny combination of like almost vaudevillian shakespearean it was very uh, shakespearean expressive poetry mixed with space talk and in the movie it was just like hey paul we need to go over (laughs) here yeah no it it, and the the baron was probably the the spiciest of them all but he i think he had maybe a couple lines you could barely understand but you did get to see him float to the top of the ceiling like a balloon. You got so. to see him float, and you got to see him take a weird mud bath. Yeah, so he looked like was, he was covered in poop or that, something. <laughs> that was very exciting. So, Well, I, I think it's there was enough here in this book to at least warrant maybe reading the second one, especially if it's sounding like Paul gets a little bit darker or more complicated. But yeah. I, I'm glad we went over it. And again, if you're just looking for basically a vacation from your life <laughs> and you don't want to be confronted with any hard truths about the universe or have to look at yourself in the mirror read dune for a while there you go if your life is boring and you need a little excitement in your life read dune if your fun co pop figures didn't come in the mail this week and you need something to fill the void go get dune that was very specific <laughs> Not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything. Anyways, thank you for watching. Please make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. And remember, the book is banned. It's worth reading. 